and he began to relax a little. As soon as he'd finished the second beakerful, he turned on his companion. What's so important, so urgent, that we have to meet at this ungodly hour in this blasted spot? Why all this sk- sk- skullduggery? He stumbled over his words. That wine had really gone to his head. He'd have to watch himself. I'll explain everything. Just come over here. Alan followed his companion across the moonlit clearing. All trace of cloud had gone now. It was treacherous underfoot, and he slipped in a dark shadow of ice, landing heavily on his hip. Here, let me help you. A surprisingly strong hand pulled him up by the elbow and guided him on as he tottered a few more yards. His legs felt very unsteady now, and the trees swayed at crazy angles as he tried to stare at them and get his bearings. Everything seemed to be twisting and turning in the wind. He could barely stand up. I... I don't feel too good. Need to sit down for a moment. No, no, not yet. Wait until we get to the car. Then you can. Car? You said not to bring my car. I know. But I brought it for you. Don't worry. He saw the bleary outline of his silver-grey rolls up ahead. How? I don't understand. Well, no, you wouldn't. That'll be the effect of the pills. They were bound to act fast with all that alcohol. Alan felt the first shadow of fear as he looked up at the familiar face next to him. He recalled the bitter taste in the mulled wine. You've poisoned me. No, not quite. Only enough to make you cooperate. Now relax, we're nearly there. His gloves were pulled off his frozen fingers before he could prevent it. He could hardly focus now. But he knew the lines of his beloved car so well that even in his drugged state he could tell that there was something wrong. It had grown a snake-like tail that seemed to twist up and out in the wind. As he reached the car, he put his hand out to steady himself and his fingertips brushed the tail. It felt ridged and rubbery beneath his bare fingers. Good boy. Now go on, touch it down here as well. And here. Good. Come on. He was pulled round to the driver's side. The door was open, engine running. Gosh, you're heavy. Here, give me your hand. You're a dead weight. Alan clung on, looking desperately for compassion in the face he knew so well. He was rewarded with a tight smile as he sat down obediently in the front seat. He reminded himself that he was with a friend. All he needed to do was explain how ill he felt, and it would all be all right. The hand grabbed his arm and pushed him further in. Oops, not too tight. There mustn't be any bruises. Easy now. Swing your legs up. Good boy. Alan sat befuddled, unable to move, his mind desperately trying to make sense of what was happening to him. He felt his bare hands pressed around a small plastic bottle, which was then thrown onto the seat beside him. Next, what felt like a wine bottle was placed between his thighs, wedged upright. His fingers brushed it loosely. 
There was a cloying chemical smell in the car, which he recognised but couldn't name. The fear was back now. Real smothering fear that made him feel sick and caused his whole body to shake. He was so tired. He wanted to sleep, but more than that, he needed to understand. He struggled to form words. What's going on? Tell me. P please. The well-known face turned towards him and stared him straight in the eye. It's simple. You're dying, Alan. Right here and now. You're dying because you're old and useless. A liability that's outlived its purpose. Sleep tight. The door was slammed shut and locked from the outside. Alan struggled with the dead weight of his hand to try and reach the door handle, but it was too far away.